0: This is the real meaning of thank goodness it's Friday. <laughs> There's other meanings, but this is the real meaning. So we're going to discuss some verses from Bhagavad Gita chapter eleven, starting with text sixteen. And then we'll go to well at least text twenty. Let's see how it goes. Om Namah Bhagavate Vasudevaya. 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 Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So chapter eleven is the universal form chapter. And if you ever wanted to try to understand something that's very difficult to understand, try to understand this chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Try to understand the universal form. There's some other things that are also not easy to understand. But this is up there. In simple terms, not so difficult. It's the form of universe. But here's some of the things that when you start to go a little more deeply makes it a little more difficult. Here's one. While situated in one place, to simultaneously see Everything that exists everywhere in all directions at all points in time—can you even think of that? What that is? But that's what our, thats what the universal form is. Everything material, anyway, the, and the cosmic manifestation—a tiny living entity having that experience. Then here's another one. This is one of the forms of the Lord, but it's illusory form. Or stating same thing in a slightly different way. From he who is all spiritual, something material comes. How's that? All spiritual, from all spiritual comes something that's not spiritual or material, apparently. How's that? Try to understand material creation, even aside from universal form. And, you know, scratch the surface a little bit and go a little more deeply, and it's illusory. Illusory means now you see it, now you don't. like like a shadow or like a reflection of an object. Now you see it, now you don't. It's it's a mystery. And something I'm sure you discussed at the beginning is... Why does Arjuna ask to see this anyway? And the answer, because he's a devotee. Why why is he interested in the universal form? He's interested in Krishna, the 2 armed form. But repeatedly Prabhupada speaks, and here he writes, Arjuna wanted... To put a full stop to persons in the future that say that I'm God, and so that one can say to that person that says I'm God, very well, show me your universal form, please. And if you, if they can't show the universal form, you can say, na 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 na. You can say that they're not the, you're not God, because God has the capacity to show His universal form. Another is, even it's difficult to understand, as Krishna says in the ninth chapter, his mystic opulence is that from, from him everything comes. And he's the same as, at the same time, different from all the things that come from him. He's Krishna is, is displaying that that the whole cosmic manifestation, the whole not just some part of it, the whole thing, going in the past, in the future, in all places, at all times. That's that's Krishna's energy, and Krishna's energy manifests this universal form. Some people, they like. universal form and one of the reasons they like universal form is there's no commitment you don't have to surrender you just meditate on the universal form and then part of the idea behind that one is the next one that it's actually just imaginary and behind the imaginary is you know what the unborn, unmanifest brahman. My body's like this universal form. A little first-hand experience of that was um, one time, years ago, I was taking panchakarma treatment at an Ayurvedic clinic in Bombay. And there was a devotee who was assisting me because I didn't know how to get around in Bombay, and he wanted to do that. Retired man, Chaitanya Balab, is the name, disciple of Radhanath Maharaj. So he took me back and forth to the clinic, waited while I was getting my treatment, and then took me back, because his place was not far from where I was staying. So in the course of all of that, um, his wife, who wasn't practicing Krishna consciousness, but she liked yoga, she was twisting her husband's arm to say, take Maharaj to go to the yoga teacher, he can cure anything. And he was on the other side of Bombay, and you know what that means, that's like 15 hours to get on the other side of Bombay, and then back again. Not that many, but it was far. And it was one of those, oh she really wants you to go, and then she would say, I really want you, you know, so I was saying, no. Anyway, finally, I went. And um, it was a remote place. Huge, old banyan trees. The the setting was very nice. And uh, a little raised area where the yoga students did their yoga and the yoga teacher. And I I was dressed as a sannyasi and walked in and That the the students were going, wow! Here comes a sannyasi, and anyway, and the teachers were here comes uh, you know someone to reel into our program. That's that's was the vibration. So, on a very old, simple folding wooden chair was a picture of the universal form. That was their altar. And so, you know, and I was, then I w- went past their little altar and then to where the yoga students were. And, you know, one by one, the one stood up and said, you know, they gave their story of how they, they got cured by the yogi t- doing yoga. I was told that I had to have uh, heart surgery. I didn't want to have heart surgery, and every doctor I went to said I had to have. Then I came here, and voila, no heart surgery, and I'm, I'm as fit as can be. Da da! That was a, just like a commercial, and then another one, and then another one, and then another one. So you know, come and join our yoga program. That was that was the idea. And so then they did, did some demonstrations of how flexible they were with their yoga practice. And then it was just starting to walk back to where the car was, and the head teacher called me over and gave me one of those. I want to tell you a secret. And he pointed to, you know, the altar, that little falling apart old wooden chair with a picture on it. That was the altar. And he said, see that? I said, yeah, I see that. He said, that's the Virat Rupa. And I said, yes. Yeah. You said universal form. I said, yeah. Virat Rupa. I said, oh, you know Virat Rupa? Yes. (laughs) He said, it's imaginary. (laughs) I said, what do you mean, it's imaginary? He said, people that are weak-minded, they, we tell them they can meditate on this universal form, but it's imaginary. And as our yoga, yoga students become a little more advanced in yoga, we then teach them what's behind the universal form. And I said, no, thank you. <laughs> you don't need to finish the rest of the sentence. <laughs> Because it's impersonalism, that's where they're headed. That's the goal, to merge. So the, the idea for them, its so it's not just something in a storybook or, you know, Lord Chaitanya once visited in Benares and met with Prakashananda Saraswati. It's modern day. Uh, teachers that haven't had the good fortune of reading Bhagavad Gita as it is. They read Bhagavad Gita as it isn't, or something, as they would like it to be, or something, and have their own idea. So when reading the Universal Form chapter, we're very fortunate. We have um, disciplic succession and representative of disciplic succession guiding our understanding of the message. So, as you hear the message, bear in mind this is at Arjuna's request. It is said that um, in the verses that we're going to read, before Arjuna saw this universal form, no one saw the form, the universal form. In this verses, it says, in the in the three planetary systems, many persons saw this universal form, while Arjuna was also seeing. Prabhupada is explaining that that Krishna is, to those who Krishna gave the eyes to see, they could see. Prior to this, a partial manifestation of the universal form was shown by Krishna to everyone in the royal assembly, even Duryodhana and his associates, because when they were going to attack Krishna, Krishna just, he didn't flinch. He didn't grab his sword or shield or arrows or anything. He just manifested a partial manifestation of the universal form. And everyone, including Duryodhana, their jaw dropped and they stopped. And Krishna withdrew the universal form and without saying a word he exited the assembly their plan was to kill krishna because he was disrupting their plan so their plan was to get rid of him didn't work but to see the universal form one requires divine eyes to see <coughs> krishna had given that to arjuna let's read a little bit what the what arjuna is seeing Text 15 was just the first verse of what Arjun said, what he was envisioning. Text 16, O Lord of the universe, O universal form, I see in your body many, many arms, bellies, mouths and eyes expanding everywhere without limit. I see in you no end, no middle and no beginning. Kind of like infinity. How do you even think of infinity? What to speak of? See it. Purport. Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead and is unlimited. Thus, through him everything could be seen. Next verse. Your form is difficult to see because of its glaring effulgence spreading on all sides like blazing fire or the immeasurable radiance of the sun. Yet, I see this glowing form everywhere adorned with various crowns, clubs and discs. By the way, um... This is an advertisement. Rama Prabhu, who is the temple president of Radha Mandir in Brooklyn, is, um, for two years, he's been preparing an audio book. Those of you that are over 50, you probably don't know what an audio book is. But those of you that are teenagers, you know what audio books are he has been practicing not just practicing recording he, he he built a recording studio in the temple he went to one in manhattan it wasn't good enough he wanted one in the temple he's built a recording studio to record bhagavad gita as it is whoa and 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 the and his his office and mine are separated only by Sheetrock wall. So when he's doing his editing work in his office, it's like he's right in my office. <laughs> <laughs> Bhagavad Gita, as it is, and it's so exciting how he narrates chapter eleven of Bhagavad Gita. He's it's 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 favorite. And you know, besides the background music, <laughs> just hearing this, it has, it's, it's, it's not melodramatic, it's very dramatic and it's very powerful. So as I'm reading this, that's what I'm thinking. You know. One of these days, he has a plan, I think it's the beginning of next year, it'll, it'll finally be done. <laughs> And then he has a plan for marketing, you know, so many millions of copies and making millions of dollars for the BBT. It's all for the BBT. It's, 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 it's a work of devotion. Not, anyway. He said he, he played one of the chapters. He had, had a, had a plan just to show, he met, somehow Krishna arranged for him to meet somebody who, Since she was a little girl, like, you know, eight years old, she had memorized the whole Bhagavad Gita. And she's known her whole life for Bhagavad Gita Katha and reciting Bhagavad Gita. And now she is, you know, an older woman. I don't know her because I don't know these people, but, you know, big reputation in this field. Somehow, somehow something happened. They met Ram, Ramabhadra played, was planning to play the part of the ninth chapter of Bhagavad Gita. She wouldn't let him stop and she, she let him, made him go through the whole thing. Not the purport, just the verses, dramatic reading. But she went, this is going to be a big success. At least that's what Ramabhadra said, she said. And I think it will be. So here we go. You are the supreme primal object. You are the ultimate resting place of all the universe. You are inexhaustible. And you are the oldest. You are the maintainer of the eternal religion, the personality of Godhead. That is my opinion. You are without origin, middle or end. Your glory is unlimited You have numberless arms and the sun and moon are your eyes. I see with blazing, I I see you with blazing fire coming forth from your mouth, burning this entire universe by your own radiance purport. There's no limit to the extent of the six opulences of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, here and in many other places, there is repetition. But according to the scriptures, repetition of the glories of Krishna is not a literary weakness. It is said that at a time of bewilderment or wonder or of great ecstasy, statements are repeated over and over. That is not a flaw. I'm just guessing, but some persons who are in the puffy-wuffy category and have some scholarship say, oh, this is very poor composition. Arjuna's repeating himself. And Prabhupada is sorry. It's an ornament, it's not a defect. Text 20. <laughs> Although you are one, you spread throughout the sky and the planets and all space between. Oh, great one, seeing this wondrous and terrible form, all the planetary systems are perturbed. Purport. Divine. Vya Pritivyo, or the space between heaven and earth. And Lokatrayam, the three worlds, are significant words in this verse because it appears that not only did Arjuna see this universal form of the Lord, but others in other planetary systems saw it also. Arjuna's seeing of the universal form was not a dream, All whom the Lord endowed with divine vision saw that universal form on the battlefield. Certainly Sanjaya saw, and he wasn't even on the battlefield because he's describing what Arjuna saw by transcendental television. They have no commercials. <laughs> no sporting events either. Just transcendental presence of Krishna. So the, the, the seeing, the seeing of the personality of Godhead is the stage of perfection because to see the personality of godhead means to see in its original form means that one is situated in pure devotion there's a very nice description like that spoken by akura when um akura was taking krishna and balaram from vrindavan to mathura On a chariot. A special chariot. A chariot was given by Kamsa. A very, like a Rolls Royce, a new one. It's described that when, when Kamsa was trying to inspire Akura to go on this journey, mission, from Mathura to Vrindavan, he arranged a brand new fresh from the chariot factory. A brand new golden chariot with pure white horses. Archarya's comment, he was thinking that a is like me. He doesn't want to go unless he gets a real... Spe- but if he gets a very special chariot, then he'll be enthused to go. Like, he's added incentive. he get an upgrade. Akura wasn't all that interested in in how fancy the chariot was or how new it was or anything. He was attracted. In fact, he had stayed in Mathura after Kamsa had imprisoned his father and Vasudevan Devaki and commanded everyone to be in his full service or die. And so members of the Yadu dynasty, many of them, just left. They fled for their lives. Because wicked Kamsa could do anything at any moment. But Akura stayed. He's part of the Yadu dynasty. He's part of the royal family that was being treated so terribly by Kamsa. But he stayed. And he stayed in the service of Kamsa. Not just like, you know, the other demons that stayed into service because Kamsa had given them two choices. Either serve me or I'll kill you. Because he had just destroyed their entire army and everything and just them left. He was so powerful. He had, he, he was, he was an original terrorist. <laughs> so they agreed. They're happy to be in the, Company of a like minded person like them, and even more powerful than them. But Akura had a different incentive. His incentive was he knew that Krishna would appear, and he wanted to see Krishna directly. So when Kamsa gave him this assignment, he was very happy. He said, Certainly I'll go. I'll go at once. First thing in the morning tomorrow, I'll go. But I'll warn you. Because I'm your minister, it's my duty to give you advice. You're inviting your own death. But now I've done my duty and I'll go. So he went and many things happened and his course of his leaving, of course the residents of Brindavan, were worse than seeing a terrorist, they were seeing Krishna leave. And they were, they were, it was a devastating experience. In Brihad Bhagavatamrita, when Narada is describing the scene, he starts by saying, the scene is so terrible that most Vaishnavas don't even want to speak about it because the pain is so intense. And then he says, persons that are not qualified and hear about the intensity of pain, of separation of the residents of Vrindavan think, I better not become a devotee because I might experience that. If I become attached to Krishna... I have to, I've got enough troubles, I don't need that trouble. But then he proceeds, because he starts speaking about the topic, he can't stop, because it's all attractive Krishna. And he describes in incredible detail, so many details that are not imaginative, they're what Krishna did. So many details of, the different feelings of the different residents of, of Vrindavan and the interactions with them. And Mother De Soda was trying her best to persuade Nanda Maharaj, don't let our son go. And Nanda Maharaj was saying, it's a festival and besides, I'm going to go too. It's my time for paying my taxes and I'll be there and Krishna will be all right. And, you know, he'll he'll be back shortly and everything's going to be all right. So while that discussion was going on, Krishna took the opportunity to go a little distant place with the gopis and enjoy with the gopis. And Then it was time to go and Akura was really concerned. Maybe Krishna will become too much attracted to the association of the gopis, i will have to do something to make sure he gets on the chariot. <laughs> All these details and details and details. are it's Such a beautiful description. Finally, he leaves. And the residents of Vrindavan are devastated. They watch. Like the birds at night as the sun is setting, Something like the description when Dev was departing from his body. Complete silence. They just watched as the chariot was disappearing down the road. Then they couldn't see the chariot on anymore. They could only see the dust from the hooves of the horses. And as the dust from the hooves of the horses disappeared, all was still. And then... The weeping and sobbing and wailing of the residents of Vrindavan in pain of separation from Krishna. Meanwhile, Akura is moving the chariot very quickly because he doesn't want any problem. He doesn't want Krishna to change his mind or the residents of Vrindavan to catch up, so he moves very quickly. And then, when he gets to um, halfway, between Vrindavan and Mathura, Krishna makes a request. Dear uncle, please pull the chariot over close to the river Jamuna. I'd like to take sacred bath before entering into Mathura. Kura obliges. Krishna and Bhadaram go take the bath. They get back on the chariot. And Kura with folded palms requests... Permission for he can also take his sacred bath following them. Krishna nods and Kuru goes to take his bath in the river and he climbs down the river bank and as he's entering the river he sees Krishna and Balaram in the river. Very astonished. So he goes back up the river bank and looks in the chariot and there's Krishna and Balaram in the chariot. He goes back down the river bank and very puzzled. And instead of seeing Krishna and Balaram, he sees Anantashesh reclining, the Supreme Lord Vishnu reclining on the bed of Anantashesh, and not just the two of them, but all the demigods and the personified Vedas and the Kinnaras and Apsaras and all the host of Devas singing the praises of the personality of Godhead and choice poetry and prayers. It's stunning, something like, but even different from what Arjuna is seeing in the universal form. So he quickly takes his bath and goes back to the chariot. And when he gets back to the chariot, Krishna is smiling and says, Zakrura, did you see something? Mm when you were in the river? And Akura says very simply, My dear Lord, seeing you is the stage of perfection. Let's go to Matura." <laughs> so, seeing the personality of Godhead is perfection. Because seeing the personality of Godhead as Arjuna was seeing the personality of godhead requires pure devotion bhakti mana avijanati yavan only by devotional service krishna says can i be understood as i am tatpatah means in truth tatpatah like tatvadarshi Chapter 4 of Bhagavad Gita. You know that one? Yes, you do. Do you know that verse? Where's our Bhagavad Gita scholar youth? You know that verse? Tadvidhi pranipatena Pariprasnena sevaya darshanaha You know that one, right? You just forgot. Yeah. Tadvidhi, Kanipatena, Pariprasnena Sevaya, upadikshanti Te Gyanam, Gyaninas, Tattva Darshana, a seer of the truth. Once you approach a seer of the truth. So Arjuna is a seer of the truth. He's he's a householder, he's a Kshatriya, he has many wives, he's He's a he's a warrior, he's he's all over the place fighting for Krishna. But he's a Darshi. So if you want to know about Krishna, go ask Arjun, because he's a Darshi. Doesn't have a long beard and you know produce gold. He's a Darshi Because he's a pure devotee. The, the message of Bhagavad Gita, I'm going to speak a little bit about chanting. Hare Krishna. But it's, it's, you'll, it's, it's seamless actually because our process in this age of Kali to come to the stage of pure devotion so that we can see Krishna and enter into our relationship with Krishna. Whether we see the universal form or not, that's up to Krishna. But our, our eagerness is not to see the universal form. Our eagerness is to come to that stage where our devotion is pure and we're, we're qualified for whatever the service is that Krishna wishes of us. Just on the strength of pure devotion. And like Akura, the perfection of our eyes is to see Krishna. The perfection of our life is to be in relationship with Krishna. The means for us, principal means, is the chanting of the holy name. Simple. And so many nice things can be said about how wonderful is the process, how simple is the process, how... Beneficial is the process, just as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu does in Shikshastakam in the beginning. So many nice things he says about what the chanting of the holy name is and how easy, how approachable is the holy name and it's common sense. What is our qualification? Zippo, we're not qualified. But still, Krishna makes himself easily approachable just by calling his name but unfortunately we have no attraction and without attraction for the holy name it's like <laughs> without attraction for the holy name we, we, we're not going to move substantially towards the goal of life or come out of the conditioning influences of material life into the the goal of life. I'll just share this little bit with you. I had a um, at my request. Uh, there were there were a few of my godbrothers. We got together on a, a Skype call today to discuss the role of varnasram within a transcendental organization like Hare Krishna movement. So the question was, the topic was something like this. Our process is hearing and chanting. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu. And then the other seven processes that follow Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu. That's devotional service. That's what the Bhagavatam is teaching. And we also have, as we start to chant Hare Krishna, we're not yet purified, but we're trying to become purified. Must there be some social structure so we can guide our lives appropriately as we're chanting Hare Krishna to come to the stage of perfection? There must be. What is that system? It's the Varnashram system. It's throughout Prabhupada's writings. It's not the principal means of deliverance, the, the principal means of deliverance is the chanting of the Holy Name. But there's until we're purified fully from the chanting of the Holy Name and the process of hear, other hearing and chanting activities, and following that, praying and worshipping and so forth, what's the social structure? How should we interact with one another? And it's the Varnashram system, it's not some other system, now, how to what extent do we adhere to the Varnashram system? We're we not Varnashramites. Prabhupada gave certain things, at least. This is part of our discussion. Some were Brahmacharis, and some were Krihastas, and some were Sannyasis. Hardly ever saw prasta, Like an extinct species or something, a dinosaur <laughs> or something. Maybe someday they'll be... Such an ashram. We have a couple of vanaprastas here. So, and to some degree, but not to a full degree, we have divisions of occupation. They're there just because they're there by Krishna's creation. Chaturvarna maya guna karma vibhagasha. He says in Bhagavad Gita, He created them, so they're there. Like Prabhupada said to Professor Kosofsky, you say classless society. But when I go for my morning walk in the Red Square, I see one lady sweeping the street. And as she's sweeping the street, here comes a limousine heading for the Kremlin with the Politico in the back seat, you know. So there's somebody that's, and, and then you're a professor. So there's three different positions the streeper in the street, the politician and the intellectual, Professor Kotovsky. The should be, would be, somehow missed the turn Brahmana. (laughs) (laughs) So it's there. Now what's the what's the importance of that social structure for us? Because our principal shelter is hearing and chanting, but we're not fully transcendental A transcendental movement, but not not there yet. That was we, we didn't reach a conclu- we didn't intend to reach a conclusion. We intended to discuss, and hopefully it's going to move forward. We have some ideas how to explore that topic and in a responsible. Not a, you know, rejecting or accepting manner, but in a thoughtful manner, consider as a service for our other GBC members and the other leaders of society. And, you know, what does it mean to organize, to to have a social structure according to Krishna's system while we're trying to transcendentalize and spiritualize our lives? Certainly hearing the message of Bhagavad Gita. Here we are, hearing the message of Bhagavad Gita and also performing kirtan. But something that's that's not just Friday night or when the, the Bhakti-Vriksha gatherings come together, but something that should be a staple, like bread and butter or mashed potatoes or whatever is the thing for, you know, chapatis and dal and rice or, you know, whatever the, the, the basic sustenance that will, will continue our, our practice going forward, we need the, the Holy Name. That's our, that's our primary... How to say it with sufficient emphasis? Say it louder. Say it with repetition. <laughs> It's our primary means of deliverance to carry us from Kali Yuga-ites to Vaikuntha. That's our primary means. And so the primary means is something that we should take seriously. And take seriously means take regularly. And it doesn't matter what. doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are, or... How busy you are, or you know something—it's something that it's it's to be taken up in some measure, in some regular measure by everyone in families. If um, commonly, of course, this is not just new devotees; they are all practicing devotees. But you know this from your experience that. New people, commonly, they're more interested in their children having a nice spiritual training and education experience than themselves getting a nice spiritual training and education and experience. Because they look at what's going on in the world of youth today and, you know, it's not a pretty picture. Just like today's news, not a pretty picture besides something horrific, you know, it's just the the erosion of character that takes place gradually or swiftly. Um, And I won't mention where, but one of our congregations, um, the the student, the the guidance counselor of the public school where one devotee was going to school, a, a girl, She was choosing her college, and she was choosing her college to be close to where her parents were, so she could stay at home and commute to school and not, you know, have that freedom to just, like, break away from the parents and be away at school. Now, many Indian families understand that's quite natural, but there's many that's not quite so natural, and the student counselor the, stu- the guidance counselor was saying as an indian woman said you know how did you do this what what magic <laughs> that your that your daughter now she's 19 she's going to college she wants to stay at home and be with her with her parents and continue her spiritual practices nicely and take prasadam only cuz she shared all those things with her guidance counselor that was the criterion in selecting the college She was amazed. But that doesn't happen by allowing whatever goes on out there in the public school system to do its thing with your children. It's it's something that has to happen at home. So parents want the Sunday school teacher to like give that value to their children. I mean the beginning. But really it's it's in the home. And how does it happen in the home? Someone shared with me just yesterday. Because we started chanting 16 rounds, and they pointed to their two children. He's chanting four rounds a day, and little one chanting two rounds a day, but his beads are 21. <laughs> a short set of beads. But he, and he's saying, I chant two rounds a day. <laughs> and they're, you know, very good boy. But because the parent... And there's magic because before it was something else. It wasn't, you know, I want to chant two rounds a day with something else without mentioning the something else's. You all know what those something else's are. So it, it's, it starts in the home and it starts with parents setting a nice example and then you have something to give. You have Krishna consciousness to give. and It you, you know, starts in the family and then to others. So... Very important to, to enter into the mystery of Bhagavad Gita and to enter into the spiritual atmosphere detached or detoxified to a degree with this material atmosphere, very toxic material atmosphere. How to enter into that spiritual atmosphere? the, the, the means the vehicle is the holy name. So, this is a little encouragement, explicit encouragement. Like I don't mind being really explicit here. Please chant regularly in your home. Many of you are, and those that of you are sometimes or occasionally, or you know, wish to one day get there and chant regularly, regularly every day. Something, just like the two rounds a day on the beads that are twenty-one in number. Whatever it is, that's the little boy, and and each and every one for your own spiritual well-being and the well-being of your loved ones and your family and those who you associate with and the community, the world, make the heart of a, a fit place for Krishna to reveal himself and enter into that wonderful realm of pure devotional service through the medium of chanting Krishna's holy name. There is... Part of what you do, hurry is part of what you do chant japa one round? Um, that would be a real good time to chant one round. And then we'll do that, and then we'll see if there's any questions. I hope I brought my beads. Can you get my beads? Is anybody that's that's here that's new enough that doesn't know how to use beads? Because I've certainly been in assembly where people don't know how to use beads. Anyone not familiar? Anyone back there in the bleacher seats? Back? Everyone knows. Okay. When you come to Bayahari's Bariha, home on Friday evening, bring your beats. That's, that's part of the program, chanting japa. Thoughts you want to share, comments, questions? Yeah. I have one question. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, in the royal assembly, Krishna exhibited partial, universal yes, he did, and that uh, the situation demanded it. And well, he could have done any number of things. Uh, okay. So he could have pulled the Sudhasan chakra out and uh, finished right so he, there. he exhibited the full, full universal form in the battle. Too. Yes. Uh, again, Arjuna uh, requested to do so the universal form. But uh, uh, in the case of Okura, he already knew before even going to Vrindavan that uh, the same uh, Krishna is the perfection of the life. So, what was the, the logic that Krishna exhibited that universal form? Uh, it wasn't universal form. It wasn't the universal form. It was Vishnu and Anantashesha. But you mentioned that all the devas also there. They were there. Yeah. So that is the part of the universal form? No. The, the, the universal form is different than what Akura saw and what I described. The devas were there honoring, but the universal form, they're, they're like limbs of the body of the universal form. Ah. So, the purpose is twofold, at least. Manyfold, but at least twofold. Akura was a very dear devotee. As we understand from Nectar Devotion, he achieved spiritual perfection through prayer. He was offering prayers to Krishna as he was entering Vrindavan from Mathura. He achieved perfection through prayer. So he was he was up there. Krishna was reciprocating with him. I am the supreme personality of Godhead. Not that Akura didn't know. He's just reciprocating with him in a very wonderful way. Some of our acharyas, the second, say Krishna never leaves Vrindavan. When Vasudev was bringing Vasudev from Mathura to Gokul, he crossed the river Jamuna. And what happened? The child fell in the river. Could you imagine? Your father and newborn child carrying, he falls in the river. Poor Vasudeva, he was panic-stricken to find the child. He found the child. Krishna, who never leaves Vrindavan, was the child he found. This is our Acharya's commentary. And then Krishna is going back to Mathura. Krishna never leaves Vrindavan. So. Krishna, who never leaves in Vrindavan, stayed in Vrindavan. And who did Akura take? Vasudev, Krishna. Because Samasundar never leaves Vrindavan. Although it appeared he left Vrindavan. So, pastime to show his divinity to his dear devotee Akura. Because when Krishna when Akura came before Krishna, he paid obeisances to Krishna. But Krishna was in his Lila of the son of Nanda Maharaj, And here's his uncle in in the, the dynasty of the Yadus. So he paid a basis to Akrura. And so did Balaram. But he gave the special darshan, so... I'm the person who got that. That was his... Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did similar things with, with his devotees also. He showed his spiritual form as Krishna or Radha Krishna or Sadbhuj or different exhibitions to so his dear devotees as a reciprocation of their love. Is that right? Okay. So, so in the, the form he showed in the royal assembly can be considered also the universal form or no? A partial universe, That The way that the Mahabharata describes is and I can I, what do I know? I'm just repeating what our scripture says: partial universal form, partial form of the virat rup, and it gives a description of what that what the elements of that partial virat rup was. Very similar to what we find here, but the word the adjective is used partial. I don't know what difference is. <laughs> Which parts were there, which parts weren't there? <laughs> like cut in half or what? It's not. Yes? Yeah, uh, you mentioned uh, something from the uh, Brihat Bhagavatamrita. Yeah, I, I don't know what that book is. Is that like famous? It's right there on the bookshelf. What what is it? How is it different than Bhagavatamrita? Uh, oh, okay. It's printed by the BBT. It's three volumes. And it's a... Here's one of the three volumes. This one is good. So you can show her. Don't I don't need... Pass it over. She'll take a look. It's a... There are many ways to describe it, but one way to describe it is it's a commentary on Srimad Bhagavatam. What's the message of Srimad Bhagavatam? Supposing you're Sanatana Goswami for a moment. And you want the world to know what is Srimad Bhagavatam's message? So you write a commentary. This is the Bhagavatam's message. Brihad Brihat-Bhāgavatam bring Bhagavatamrita is such a literature. It's composed in a different form than here's you know the, this the, the verse and the translation and the purport. That's one form. But this is Subject matter. And then there's there's two parts, part one and part two. Part one is Narada Muni on a quest, searching for who is the greatest recipient of the mercy of the Supreme Lord. And that's part one. And he, the conclusion is the residents of Vrindavan. And there's all kinds of explanation to get there. And amongst the residents of Vrindavan the gopis. And Krishna personally tells the queens in Dwaraka why they're the greatest recipients. Because they, 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 their level, their intensity of love is unsurpassed. And then part two begins where the narrator says, this was just a warm-up for part two. This is now the real... So, the, the, the part two is a young boy, born in Vrindavan, um, is searching for the completion, the fulfillment of his mantra. Because when he's a little boy, with other cowherd boys, as the storyline goes, there's one, as they're herding the cows, they they see one brahmin. He's, he, he's very attractive.